0: Censorship apparatus is crumbling. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please stand your code. Your Liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? What's up, you beautiful people? Thrilled to be back with you. This is Clint Russell. I am the most conspiracy theory minded motherfucker you know. Uh, today I have a phenomenal interview, uh, but I'm going to do that in the second half because I, there's a bunch of news stories that I don't feel have gotten adequate coverage. And I'm going to discuss them. So you're not going to want to miss that. Um, But coming up in the second half will be my interview with Mike Zhao. He is a immigrant from China who has been in America for a long time. I don't know exactly how long, but he wrote a book called Critical Race Theory and Woke Culture, America's Dangerous Repeat of China's Cultural Revolution. And This is something I've been talking about for a while now that uh, it seems like the great leap forward is basically being repackaged into the Great Reset. And the World Economic Forum seems to be directing us in that direction very uh, aggressively and problematically. So uh, our conversation was really fascinating. So I think you guys are going to love that. But before I get to that, let's cover some stuff that you may not have heard about. This is really important news stories. And uh, well, we'll get to some of the more obscure ones. I'm going to start out with a a little bit of Twitter talk. And I know if you're not on Twitter, you probably find this all very boring, but I'll explain why it's important to you. And I think you'll agree. First up, we got Jonathan Turley wrote a great piece um, on jonathanturley.org. It says German politicians move to block Musk from restoring free speech protections on Twitter. And as you are more than aware, I am very, very pro- unbanning all of my friends that have been banned uh, but moreover just freeing up one major platform by which we can have open dialogue i think that the pressure that that will apply to the existing more in bed with the government social media platforms facebook instagram etc the better i mean that's this is what we need a perfect example is what transpired during 2020. Had we had one of these major platforms that was allowing us to discuss everything that we now know to be true when it came to COVID, it would have potentially changed the course of history. And I feel like Twitter has the potential to do that moving forward. So I would obviously like to see that happen. Let's go ahead and read some of the article and we'll talk about it. We have been discussing how Hillary Clinton and other Democrat democratic leaders have turned from private censorship to good old-fashioned state censorship. They have called upon their counterparts in England, France, and Germany to prevent the restoration of free speech protections with censorship laws, laws that would be un- unconstitutional in the United States. Now, where have we heard this before? Doesn't this sound like ESG, the workaround that they used with private businesses? And now when it's failing, when it comes to Twitter, the one major social media platform, well, the mask all of a sudden comes off, they start to turn towards other nations that do not have a constitution that protects speech like ours does to try and circumvent our own rights once again. These people are sinister as all get out. It's crazy. Continuing on, the British have already responded to such urgent calls and New Zealand prime minister hasinda Ardern recently repeated this call for global censorship at the United Nations to the applause of diplomats and media alike. What a shocker that hasinda would be on board. Now the German left has responded with the, uh, with the ruling Social Democratic Party of Germany, SPD, calling for censorship before to use Clinton's words, it is too late, and free speech is barred on Twitter. According to a report by the business newspaper Handelsblatt, SPD members are concerned that Twitter will now allow too much free speech and curtail Twitter's massive censorship system. Woohoo, hoo. Jen Zimmerman, MP, declared, quote, The Federal Office of Justice must therefore take Twitter under stricter supervision and act a act quickly and decisively in the event of violations, end quote. The Germans are threatening not just the company, but Musk himself. If he does not censor viewpoints, if Twitter does not meet the requirements, there are penalties not only against the company, but also against the managers responsible, end quote. So, so dark what these people are willing to do. The pressure that they're willing to bring to bear to try and get you to acquiesce to their demands, to censor speech, not just in their nation, But see, this is the thing they can run it as well. This, these are our local laws, so we're allowed to do this. But if the pressure is coming from the U S government and it's being funneled through proxies through the German and British governments to try and get Twitter to acquiesce to censorship demands from those nations, the odds are that those same protocols will be implemented for the platform across the board which is exactly why people like Hillary Clinton are pressuring them to do so. This is yet another workaround to the Bill of Rights. You should oppose all of this if you believe in free speech rights. Very straightforward. Continuing on. Clinton and other democratic leaders are singing to the choir on censorship. Germany has long been one of the most hostile countries to free speech in the West. Germany has proven the fallacy of changing minds through threatened prosecution. While I am certainly sympathetic to the Germans in seeking to end the scourge of fascism, I have long been a critic of the German laws prohibiting certain symbols and phrases. Let's take a brief break here and just talk briefly about how absurd it is that in in order to try and stop fascism, they are dictating what, quote-unquote, private businesses have to do in their nation when it comes to speech rights. No one understands, like, no, this isn't just prima facie nonsense that you are becoming fascist in order to stop fascism. I I just, it seems so obvious. Uh, I view it as not just a violation of free speech, but a futile effort to stamp out extremism by barring certain symbols. Instead, extremists have rallied around an underground culture and embraced symbols that closely resemble those banned by the government. Hello, Pepe memes. I fail to see how arresting a man for a Hitler ringtone is achieving a meaningful level of deterrence, even if you ignore the free speech implications. We discussed how Germany is extending its criminalization of speech on the internet. Germany imposed a legal regime that would allow fining social networks such as Facebook up to 500,000 euros. For each day, the platform leaves a fake news story up without deleting it. YouTube was fined by the country in an effort to force the company to remove views that the government considered disinformation on COVID. I'm sure they probably weren't at the end of the day, disinformation continuing on another of uh, none of this mind you has put a dent in the ranks of actual fascists and haters. Neo-Nazis are holding huge rallies by adopting new symbols and coded words. While Germany arrested a man on a train because he had a Hitler ringtone on his phone. The impact of these laws was evident in a recent poll of German citizens. Only 18% of Germans feel free to express their opinions in public. 59% of Germans did not even feel free expressing them in private amongst friends. And just 17% felt free to express themselves on the internet. And those 17% are the most blue-pilled motherfuckers on the planet because they have no opinions which the government finds reprehensible. In other words, you don't have free speech in Germany. And if they have their way, you will not have free speech in America either. Very disturbing stuff. So let's hear what American politicians have to say about it. Huh? Huh? former uh, Democrat presidential candidate, and I believe it was brush thrower, if I remember correctly, Miss Amy Klobuchar, <laughs> one of our faves. This lady sucks.
1: This isn't just Twitter, as you just pointed out, You yeah. uh This is also about all of these companies. There are no rules of the road in place. We have no federal privacy law. We have state ones. Right. We have no competition policy for tech. That applies to tech. Something I've been trying to change. Uh, we have uh, no rules when it comes to do they get to keep their immunity when they're actually amplifying hate speech right. and misinformation and yeah. making money off it. It is.
0: I find it fascinating when they bring up this this amplifying thing. It's like if Twitter, if not just Twitter, if any social media platform would just drop the algo nonsense and allow for an organic you know, retweeting type ecosystem to allow for the, you know, quote unquote amplification to occur. Well, then it wouldn't be the platform itself that was amplifying these things. Right? So to me, the answer is get rid of the algos. Then you can't be accused of uplifting these hate, hate speech type accounts and whatever. Then it's just the market actually dictating what people want to read and share. I don't know. Seems like an easy enough fix, but uh, obviously not an option.
1: It is one thing when someone just posts something and sends an email, puts something out there, and you own a company on which they did it. It is another when you are amplifying it and making money off it. There are ways, as other countries have done, that we could put rules in place. So I think this should be a major focus for the Congress next year i think we have to as well as getting everything we can get done by the end of this year because nothing's happened yes um he is seems to be we've unexplainably doing everything to run this company into the ground i don't understand it
0: yeah record growth since he's taken over just so you know so record user growth he's running the company into the ground only in the sense that he's losing ad revenue because esg pressure is forcing over half now, check this out, over half of his biggest 100 advertisers on Twitter have stopped advertising on Twitter in just the past few weeks. That's, that's totally organic, folks. So you have an increased audience, you have more, use, more active users than have ever been on the platform, and you have advertisers running the other direction. In what world does that make sense? Well, only in an ESG world does that make sense. Very straightforward.
1: It is cyber employees, all kinds of things, engineers leaving, but there is more than that. That is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to no rules in place. It is the tip of the iceberg, and it's not the only social media site that we, uh, as a country, are struggling with, and you have been working.
0: Yeah, Mika, that's on Morning Joe, if you want to check it out for yourself. Uh, just, I mean, they're, they're just such obvious tyrants. Like, I don't even know how we've gotten to a point in this country, in America specifically, where you have politicians go on major news programs and talk openly about suppressing speech and it's not pushed back on. It's cheerlead by commentators. Uh, Alleged news commentators. It's just tragic. It's tragic that not just not that they're doing it. I mean, like they can do whatever they want. It's tragic that there's not more outrage. That the American people have been so indoctrinated they don't recognize it on its face as being un-American. Like transparently un-American. These people are not American. Any any semblance of a reasonable definition of America has to include free speech and whether you think social media platforms should have different differing you know censorship decisions from their own personal vantage point is kind of irrelevant at this point you have sitting politicians that are up there talking about pressure that they need to bring to bear through the government to dictate to these allegedly private businesses as to what their decisions will be in terms of terms of service and deplatforming, censorship, boosting, algos, everything else. No one cares. No one sees how un American all of this is. Weird. It's just weird. Like, whenever I see stuff like this, it just it's so galling to me. And yet I know the vast majority of people that watch it are like, well, I guess there's some dangerous hate speech that needs to be stopped. I just don't know how, I don't know how they can see it that way, especially after what we went through in 2020 with the censorship that we dealt with and the the terrible consequences therein, it would seem that the vast majority of people should have woken up by now to realize like, okay, we trusted you guys to censor, to protect us from misinformation and you failed. You failed terribly. So we don't trust you anymore. And we certainly don't trust the government dictating what you're going to censor because we have rights and that's not a good plan. No, no one, no one else out there feels this way. I don't know. Strange to me. Are your kids getting you down? Are they just like constantly harassing you? Are they bothering you? Dad, dad, can I help with math homework? (laughs) It's time to get high folks. <laughs> what a weird pitch. Uh no seriously though. If you enjoy Liberty Lockdown and you also enjoy a little escapism or a little medicinal treatment, you should be checking out thchempspot.com. They have a wide range of products available. Smokables, edibles, gummies, candy bars, honey sticks, chewing gum, concentrates, hash Shatter, still don't know what that is, soft gel capsules, and a variety of vape products. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to regular discounts and entertaining content, free shippings on orders over $100. The name, ladies and gentlemen, is THC Hemp Spot. Coupon code Clint will get you 15% off for my audience exclusively because there's not that many Clints that also have podcasts that are sponsored by THChempSpot.com. Make sure you get it today, THC, HempSpot.com, promo code CLINT. Let's go to our friends from the North. Oh, I hate this lady. This is Christia Freeland. I forget what her exact role is, but she's a higher up in Canada's government.
2: And then the next little paragraph says, The RCMP has told us they have heard from protesters as they were leaving the blockades that they did so because their family said their accounts were frozen, so get the hell out of there. This is a much better and peaceful way to end things. Now freezing someone's bank account without due process engages their personal rights. And it also engages the personal rights of the families that shared many of those bank accounts, individuals who weren't even at the protest. You've stated uh, here in this document that your view was that this is better and more peaceful Uh, presumably then using the existing legal authorities, which multiple branches of law enforcement have testified at this inquiry were adequate to bring a peaceful end to the protests, and indeed they did so using those authorities. So do you still hold that view today that freezing the accounts was a better solution than law enforcement carrying out its legal authorities in the responsible manner that they do?
3: The view that I do hold Uh, As we discussed earlier today, is one of my very grave concerns about bringing these illegal blockades and this illegal occupation to an end.
0: Pause there. Referring to this as an illegal occupation, given that I had one of the truck drivers that was in the Freedom Convoy there, who was very explicit that they had maintained access for emergency vehicles throughout. They were very dedicated to doing so because they had been told if they were to do so, then they would not be shut down. This woman is a liar.
3: Was the danger that there would be violence and that there would be violence directed towards the protesters.
0: Fascinating. So have you ever heard anything more obviously mafioso than this? She's saying, I was concerned about the violence that would be brought against the protesters. Well, by who? By the police, by the police that you were dictating to crush the dissenters, to crush the protests. This is mob behavior. Basically pay me or I'll break your legs type stuff.
3: I was particularly concerned because of reports that children were present and that was one of the reasons
0: oh she's she's so kind think of the children
3: that i felt the financial tools that were put in place by the emergencies act were a better option from my perspective the job of these tools was to create a peaceful Nonviolent incentive <laughs> for people who were doing something illegal to leave. And I think those tools did work.
0: <laughs> oh my God, I don't like her. So, so dangerous, these people. I've already covered in prior episodes her World Economic Forum ties. Um, same with Trudeau. Canada is under enemy occupation from its own leadership. Just putting it bluntly. You are, ru- you are ruled by tyrants in Canada. Sorry to say. And obviously, if you're Canadian watching this, you're already well aware. Uh, so I'm preaching to the choir, I'm sure. But good Lord, I'm so sorry for you guys. I'm so sorry for, you know, and I'm coming from an American perspective where I don't have much freedom either. And I have terrible leadership here too. But at least we have kind of the federalist setup where you have some states that still honor our rights to some extent. And it seems for you guys, there's just no reprieve. There is nowhere to go. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the future looks like in Canada, but if you guys don't find a way to vote these people out, I don't have much hope. And, uh, I don't know that you can vote these type of people out. Honestly, we'll see. We'll see. But I just I just think that the the viewpoint from her on freezing private citizens' assets because they are peacefully and it was peaceful entirely protesting. Man. I mean this is this is the type of stuff that if it were occurring in Iran, we would be talking about needs for regime change. Would we not? Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that you wouldn't have the UN you know, Human Rights Council writing very strongly worded letters at a minimum if it were in Iran or Syria or Russia, but it happens in Canada and it doesn't make a sound. That's disturbing. And it just goes to show how transparently fraudulent these people are, that they espouse themselves as being the the progressives the the woke the you know the look after the downtrodden the rights to the people man they're such liars it's really it's really amazing it's amazing that it has gotten this bad so rapidly and we aren't doing much better so i'm not talking down to you guys but kind of commiserating just truly astonishing and check out how insane Canada is. This was a, uh, well, I'll just play it for you. We'll talk about it.
4: I mean, there is a assault against the unvaccinated and you've talked about how, uh, even th- they recommend, you know, perhaps psychiatric m- medication or something for people that don't want to take a vaccine.
0: So this has come out recently out of the college of physicians and surgeons of Ontario, the college sent out a, a letter or a memo to all the doctors in Ontario suggesting to them now so far they're not mandating it they're just suggesting it that any of their unvaccinated patients that they should consider that they have a mental problem and that they should be put on psychiatric medication so far it's just a suggestion but the college of physicians and surgeons of ontario should not be making these kinds of suggestions this is extremely unethical and this is a very very slippery slope Uh, if, if they're suggesting that people who wish to have bodily autonomy and and don't want an experimental vaccine? That there may be something mentally wrong with them. That is a very very dangerous slippery slope that we're on.
4: Oh man, you're so right. I just thank you for your courage. The people of Canada are really uh, appreciative of what you've done, how you're speaking. Thank you. Please don't uh, stop doing it. Uh, we're grateful for you, and I know the world is also going to be hearing a lot more from you, Dr. Mackis. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you very much
0: very disturbing and just to show you that this isn't a one-off or well first off i i did read a thread um which i'm not gonna waste the time delivering to you guys to verify some of this but it was true that actually from i think it was the college of ontario Ontario, um or the medical board there that they were recommending you know psychiatric medication for people that were quote-unquote anti-vaxxers or whatever just dark dark stuff but it doesn't stop there you actually have that already occurring in switzerland and hard to believe but uh i'll let you listen to it you can decide for yourself it's legit
5: because i did i did some nothing wrong they realized this after one hour there was no threat of anybody and i was also i was not armed and i had no psychiatric history of course this is Dr. Thomas Binder, MD. All these allegations of these, uh, were wrong. And, uh, so they couldn't arrest me. So obviously they tried something else and they, they, they didn't know how to, how to uh, deal with me. So they, they pulled me into closed psychiatry, but then they, they gave me the, the, uh, opportunity to decide either you stay here in the, in the psychiatric hospital for six weeks. To have treated this uh, mania, or you can leave and go home and continue to work, but you must take a medication. And they, I was forced to take a neuroleptic, and whether I took it or not was weakly controlled by a blood check. Wow. So
0: basically overt coercion, you can stay in hospital for six weeks or you can leave and take a psychiatric medication of which you will have a blood test weekly to assure us that you are in fact taking
5: that medication wild. So this, I mean, these are really Soviet style GDR style, uh, psychiatric methods.
3: This is outrageous. So this is Switzerland. For everybody listening right now, I want you to all know that this is happening in Switzerland, and you were forced to take a psychiatric medication because you spoke out against COVID nineteen restrictions and measures. Am I right?
5: Yes. But of course, these, as I as I said, the Corona insane other sides decided I must be Corona insane. <laughs> so uh, from their point of view, this was of course uh, correct. But from my point of view, this was completely wrong.
0: (laughs) I I love the framing that he gives on that. That, uh, you know, he's considered insane because everyone else has lost their mind. And when you are the only person that's sane in a a world of insane people, you do come across as crazy. And I'm sure many of my listeners can relate to that because I certainly can. Feeling as if I've perhaps lost my mind over the past three years as I'm reporting on all of this stuff and, uh fortunately now in hindsight we can know that we weren't insane we were actually right about virtually everything while everyone else was dead wrong and uh it's tough it's tough because you i mean even if you're really confident and you're in your own assessments of things you can certainly feel as if you know the media is like the media at all levels the like politicians at all levels uh they're all telling you you're wrong. You're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist, but measure my track record against theirs. Measure, measure your tracker track record against theirs. I would imagine you're batting way higher percentage than they are. I don't think that's a mistake because they're propagandists, but it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting feeling as if, even though you know they're propagandists and they know they're propagandists and they're propagandizing you, it's still tough with the newest news story to come out against it because you can just sense that there's something off with it and they'll call for your deplatforming and your banning and your censorship because of it, even though they've proven themselves to be liars and you've proven yourself to be an honest, uh, assessor of what's occurring. It's wild, but at least we're not at a position. Well, I guess we did kind of have forced medical treatment. In fact, we had it very far reaching, but not to the extent of, you know, forcing psychiatric medication on doctors, <laughs> a Swiss doctor who believes that the COVID protocols were wrong, forced into a psychiatric ward and then forced to take a psych psychiatric treatment in order to not be held there for a month and a half. Dark, 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 dark. And just to prove to you that this is not something that is exclusive to foreigners, like as if this couldn't couldn't happen in America in the future, well, guess what? It actually has happened in America's past. Don't take my word for it. We have President Bill Clinton confirming as much in the 90s.
6: Thousands of government-sponsored experiments did take place at hospitals, universities, and military bases around our nation. The goal was to understand the effects of radiation exposure on the human body. While most of the tests were ethical by any standards, some were unethical, not only by today's standards, but by the standards of the time in which they were conducted. They failed both the test of our national values and the test of humanity. In one experience, scientist experiment, Scientists injected plutonium into 18 patients without their knowledge. In another, doctors exposed indigent cancer patients to excessive doses of radiation, a treatment from which it is virtually impossible that they could ever benefit. The report also demonstrates that these and other experiments were carried out on precisely those citizens who count most on the government for its help, the destitute, and the gravely ill. But the dispossessed were not alone. Members of the military, precisely those on whom we and our government count most, they were also test subjects. Informed consent means your doctor tells you the risk of the treatment you are about to undergo. In too many cases, informed consent was withheld. Americans were kept in the dark about the effects of what was being done to them. The deception extended beyond the test subjects themselves to encompass their families and the American people as a whole. For these experiments were kept secret. And they were shrouded not for a compelling reason of national security, but for the simple fear of embarrassment. And that was wrong.
0: (laughs) So, ask yourself, if they've done it before, and you know that they've come out and acknowledged it in the past and you just were forced to take a treatment that was experimental and it has come out that they have been caught lying to you about an immense amount of what they said during that period, could it be that they are continuing to experiment upon us? I'm not going to answer because I don't know that I'm allowed to say it, but I think you can guess as to what my belief is as to what's occurred. And it's outrageous. It's outrageous. And I don't understand how there isn't more outrage, honestly, other than not enough people have either woken up or those that have woken up don't feel as if they have a community by which they can actually speak their truth to speak out about what they believe has occurred. And if you saw the documentary that came out Uh, a few days ago, I'm blanking on the name right now. I'll try and remember it as I'm talking, but um, basically it's this crazy rumble documentary that's um, all about the uptick in all-cause mortality that's happening globally and the decrease in population rates and birth rates and things like that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm very fortunate in that I was not put in a position where I had to you know, choose to get it or not, medical treatment, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so this is not a concern for me personally, but I do have relatives that have taken it. I do have relatives that have had negative consequences and uh, whether or not it's directly correlated to what they put in their body, I don't know for sure, but I have my assessment and my assumptions. And uh, I think that it was a crime against humanity on the grandest scale in human history and I don't say that with any joy. I, I, I theorized about it and I warned about the potential of it being the case years ago now. And I prayed, I was wrong, prayed, and I'm not even religious. And I was still like, please God, let me be wrong. Cause the consequences therein are so catastrophic and, you know, history changing and life-changing for so many people. And it breaks my heart. It's really, really tragic. And it, it it's tragic on another level, other than the human cost, which is horrific. But you know, the fact that you played off of people's best intentions, the fact that people were doing it in large part, not because they felt that they needed it, but because they were told that this was for the, the better, betterment of humanity to end the pandemic, to look after your parents, your grandparents, your neighbors, your children, you know, they played on your heartstrings in such a deep way. And it turns out that because you were trying to be a good person, a naive one in my humble estimation, but regardless, I think for the vast majority of people, their intentions were very, very good and very, very pure. And to have played on those emotions to get them to do something that ultimately hurt them, unforgivable, man. So, so dark. And I don't know how we move past it without there being repercussions. And at a minimum, seeing these people removed from power, those that, that brought it to bear, at a minimum. I mean, there ought to be criminal trials, but. When the government's the one that did it to you, what what are the odds that the government imprisons itself? <laughs> Pretty low, historically. So, barring some miracle where the GOP decides to grow a spine and actually do something about this, but many of them were in on it too. So, I don't think that's going to happen. So, it's up to the people to decide how we move forward from here. And I'm not going to give any advice on how we move forward because... You know, I, I have my own opinions, but they're uh, I think it's really up to each individual to make. And I'm not really sure to be honest. Like I don't I don't know what the best way to move forward is, other than other than to maintain a level of skepticism about everything that they tell you from here on out. And that's a that's a shitty way to live. I mean it's it's not ideal to have no trust in any institution anywhere ever. To never hear a single story and actually believe it on its face, it's like, look, I'm as skeptical as, as you'll find, but that's still, it's a very um, challenging way to live. It is challenging. You know, the fact that I I do this show and I'm, I'm dedicated to just constantly deep diving a litany of different topics is like, that's a very unique position to be in. So it's tough for people to, you know, if they have a nine to five to like ask them to actually do what I do. It's crazy. It's impossible for most people. It's impossible. So I have sympathy for you guys. And I hope that, you know, through this show, you feel as if you found someone who is genuinely attempting whether or not I get everything right, but attempting to tell you the truth. And I hope I can be someone that you can rely on moving forward. Uh If I ever let you down, I assure you it will not be intentionally, Um, but I hope that I am giving you guys some Cliff's Notes to life (laughs) and to news coverage so that you can feel as if there's at least one person out there, I know a handful, but I hope you feel as if I am one of them, that is attempting to tell you the truth, against all odds, when everybody else is lying. It's crazy. Let's get into some more crazy global conspiracy theory stuff. We got Emmanuel Macron. I believe he's still the French president. I don't really know. But let's see here. He's uh, at the Apex Summit. And he's talking about a one world order, aka single global order. Same deal. Elephants. Trying to become more and more nervous. Uh, his accent's so strong. I'm going to turn down the volume and uh, and read it to you as he talks. He says, we are in a jungle and we have two big elephants. <laughs> Such a French metaphor. Trying to become become more and more nervous, whatever that means. If they become become very nervous and start the war, it will be a big problem for the rest of the jungle. You need the cooperation of a lot of other animals. (laughs) Tigers, monkeys, and so on. Loud applause by the idiots. Are you on the US or the Chinese side? Because now, progressively, a lot of people would like to see that there are two orders in this world. This is a huge mistake. This is a huge mistake. Even for both the US and China. We need a single global order. Yeah. If you don't, if you trust this guy, hoo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, but you know, just crazy conspiracy stuff. One world order. They don't talk like that. I had someone actually, uh, I had a tweet that kind of went a little viral and and someone responded to it saying, you know, the great reset is a fever dream of right-wing conspiracy theorists. And I quote tweeted it with something. And then I had all my followers just pile on with like clip after clip after clip of different politicians globally, as well as Klaus Schwab and his book, the great reset. And, you know, like, <laughs> like there's just so much evidence to it not being I mean, it is a conspiracy, but it's just not a conspiracy theory. Um, it's, it's real. And I feel like the one world order stuff, like I didn't really take it seriously. I remember in the nineties when Alex Jones was talking about it and I kind of laughed it off, boy, was I wrong and boy, are they transparent about it these days? They aren't, they're not afraid to talk about it anymore. And you know, in one way, that's a good thing. I would rather them be above board so that I can say. I'm not telling you about it. Just listen. Listen to them. If you didn't have such a strong accent, I would have let you listen to them. Um, speaking of a little bit of more conspiracy stuff, but uh, I've been covering the story, and I know not a, all of you are basketball fans, so I apologize if you find this irrelevant, but I assure you there is important lessons that we can take away from this type of stuff. This is Kyrie Irving, who has been canceled everywhere for... Simply tweeting out a link to a documentary that is held on Amazon Prime. But uh he's asked if he has any anti-Semitic beliefs. Do you have any anti-Semitic beliefs?
6: Again, I'm gonna repeat, I don't know how the label becomes
0: justified because you guys asked me the same questions over and over again. But this is not gonna turn into a spin-around cycle of questions upon questions. Told you guys how I felt. I respect all walks of life and embrace all walks of life. That's where I sit. I think what people want to hear, though, is a yes or no on that question. He says, I embrace all walks of life. And then the reporter follows up with, I think people want to know a yes or no on that question. Yes or no. I, I cannot be anti-Semitic
5: if I know where I come from.
0: Which, by the way, if you've already said you embrace all walks of life, how could you still be asking for a follow-up? I mean, really think about it. I embrace all walks of life. Well, do you hate white people? I embrace all walks of life. Do you hate Native Americans? You know, it's like, what are we talking about here? He's already answered you. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. And the reason I wanted to play that is just to think about what's actually occurring here. Do you see how it's... It's an attempt at control. And I'm not, I'm not going down the anti-Semitic conspiracy theory route, but rather how the Marxist cultural revolution, which we are now living through, which my interview with the uh, Chinese immigrant, uh, Mike Zhao will emphasize exactly why this is what it is. Um, But that's what this is. This is about controlling people through their speech. I mean, it's not even his speech, but merely a tweet of a link. (laughs) And he has been persecuted to the end of the earth. Fined and suspended for, I believe it was six games, costing him millions of dollars. For sharing a link to something, to an idea that is considered to be so reprehensible that you are able to be basically unpersoned, just as Kanye West has been. Or yay, if you will. It's control. Control. And as someone who believes in freedom, I oppose every layer of this control apparatus, however it comes to bear. And I think it's really important that if you value human autonomy, speech rights, free thinking, basically freedom on any level, this should be absolutely abhorrent to you. And I hope that people are able to see it for what it is. These people are not hateful. Kanye West, even during his interviews, uh, especially the Lex Friedman interview, he explained he wants to move past these ancient hurts. Or maybe not ancient, but historic. A while ago. He wants to move past the the injuries of slavery, the injuries of the Holocaust, all of these things. He's talking about God and love and beautiful things and art and creation. Kyrie's same way. I embrace all people. I embrace all walks of life. These people are espousing beautiful ideas, but the fact that they're willing to even entertain a quote-unquote conspiracy theory makes them prone to this, what I believe to be a Marxist cultural revolution in America. Wokeism is the name that most people applied to it, but I think the roots go much deeper, but it's very, very concerning because not enough people have come to terms with how deep this rot goes. The fact that they have, it's not just a cultural Marxist revolution in the sense that you have the reporters or academia or something like that, that's able to, to enforce their belief system or the mob that enforces the belief system from the bottom up. But because of ESG, they have the top down where it's able to make it inescapable almost as Elon is finding out this month. All of these things, even though they seem like very separate issues or separate topics, they connect in a really profound way. And I hope that I'm I'm connecting that for you or you're connecting it for yourself because I'm sure you're intelligent enough to do so. But if I'm not, please let me know in the comments, You know, if I need to go into further detail as to how all of these seemingly disparate topics come together in, to paint a picture that is very, very disturbing. And I hope that people are getting sick of it. And I hope that the tide is turning. I hope that the, the re-platforming of all of my fallen compatriots on social media um, will be a, a inflection point in what has been nothing but an expedited Slip slippery slope, slide down destruction of everything I care about, <laughs> and maybe I'm putting too much faith in Elon or Twitter, or you know, the fact that we have a, a shot here. Maybe, maybe I'm overstating it, but who are we without hope, right? Please do uh, like, comment, and subscribe. Share this around if you find it, you know, valuable. And if you really find it valuable, go to libertylockdown.locals.com. Enjoy. My interview, the great Mike Zhao. If you guys heard my interview yesterday with Corey Tusek and Jason Rink about the documentaries and the platform that they're putting out, well, now you have an opportunity to support them because they became a sponsor of the show right after. How cool is that? Movies Plus wants to take Hollywood back to focusing on good storytelling instead of pushing agendas. What a novel concept. If you're sick of woke being jammed down your throat, who isn't? They're the place to be. They are... Freedom of speech maximalists. These are our people. Make sure you support them. Their first original series is called Q Sent Me. And I watched the first episode of it just yesterday. Fantastic. Uh, Goes through the story of the Q Shaman. And it also has the first. And as far as I know, only sit down interview with him. Ever after J6. Pretty incredible stuff. It just premiered on November 11th. They have more originals coming. They also have an incredible documentary on, um, what's his name, Nick Fuentes that was fascinating. Definitely got to know way more about him than I had ever known before. Still not the biggest fan, but compelling character nonetheless. And I definitely a worthwhile watch. And if you are interested in checking out this show and supporting creators that are putting up content that we would actually consider palatable... You know free speech maximalists. Now you have an opportunity to do so by going to mymoviesplus.com. If you use the promo code liberty, you get five dollars off an annual subscription, so it makes it basically just a couple bucks. It's uh, all commercial free, it's only $5.99. Or you can search for movies plus in any app store or smart TV to watch on your favorite streaming device, or you can go to mymoviesplus.com. You pick, but as long as you're Gonna do it. Make sure you use code Liberty so you can get that discount. This is great content. Don't miss it. Today, I'm thrilled to have on a guest by the name of Mike Zhao. He wrote a book called Critical Race Theory and Woke Culture, America's Dangerous Repeat of China's Cultural Revolution. This is a topic that I have discussed for about a year now. Uh, First really got into it when I started to follow James Lindsay. So I think that uh, Mr. Zhao will have a lot to add to perhaps the corollaries and how this came to be. Without further ado, Mr. Mike Zhao, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, first off, what what inspired you to write this book? Uh, I think that you're dead on, but I, I'm just curious. Did you just see the corollaries and say, "Okay, I need to tell the world"?
4: Yeah. Basically, I grew up in communist China under dictator Chairman Mao. During Cultural Revolution, my father suffered a political persecution. The whole family, extended the whole family, I lost my grandma and also my mom. Years later, you know, so I knew I how bad the Cultural Revolution was, right? So two years ago, when I saw the Black Lives Matters launch violent demonstration. They top down the statue of Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, also radical left using council culture to really, you know, eliminate the job for many people who just speak something politically incorrect. So after I saw that, I immediately called it out in daily color, uh, America's Cultural Revolution. Because I was scared, I don't want my children, also your children, everybody live through the, you know, the atrocity I endured during my childhood.
0: Well, I think that's uh, that's a very worthwhile mission. I don't think anyone wants to live through that again. Uh, how how do you think it came to be? I mean, it's it seems as if you know that's not ancient history. Obviously, you lived through it, so it's like how how is this happening again?
4: Yeah, basically, you know, there are many similarities. I just mentioned uh, a couple of things first, you know, why is the America's Cultural Revolution and the Chinese Cultural Revolution, all originated by uh, Karl Marx theory. In China, about 50 years ago, you know, the Communist China utilized the economic Marxism which is class struggle theory dividing Chinese people into the oppressors and oppressed, right? So they, they began to launch that kind of class struggle movement. Here, we are using the critical race theory, which is uh, like cultural Marxism, dividing American people as oppressors and oppressed, right? They also use the same kind of terminology. You know, people don't know the word woke actually was already invented in China, not invented here. Back 60 years ago, when somebody in China was indoctrinated by communist class struggle theory, that guy was called have jiu means woke. Here, the same thing. You know, if somebody is indoctrinated, indoctrinated by critical race theory, that guy is like woke right here in America. Also, they use all the similar playbook. In my book, at least six uh, playbook utilized by communist China in back 50 years ago to destroy China. Right now, the radical left using you the know, same exact uh, playbook to destroy America.
0: Man, well, I, I, I have to agree with you. That's that's what I'm reading into this too. But um, let's go through a little bit of, of what it was like living through it the first time, since you're unfortunate enough to have now lived through it two times. Uh, <laughs> what, what was it like growing up in this environment? And, and uh, you know, is there any lessons that we can take away from
4: that? Uh, yes, absolutely. You know, there's a lot of things extremely, uh, I I want tragic happening in China, right? After like Chairman Mao adopted the class struggle theory, you know, many people, landlords, right, most of them between two and four million, uh, of them being murdered. They're like land being confiscated. And then so basically it's kind of divide and conquer, right, playbook. And then, you know, also China, they adopted radical ideology to govern the country, just like what we have here, like climate change, radical green New Deal, right? So they launched, so uh, Shenmue launched a a great leap forward movement, starved over 30 million Chinese people to death. Ruling by radical, you know, ideology. They also, you know, abandoned the like free market system, also individual rights. You know, and because of that, you know, they implemented so-called planned economy. Everything, you know, uh, was although they gave everybody a job. However, everything was paid by like seniority, just like teachers' union here. So nobody wants to perform. Also they banned uh, free enterprise. Nobody can own the like company. Nobody want to innovate, right? Because that Chinese people, you know, run into a- economic collapse. Everybody, you know, everything was rationed from clothing, from uh, like uh, rice, food, everything was rationed. Even the bike, you know, uh, watch. You know, in, uh, like when I was young, each urban citizen only get uh two pound of meat for the whole month that and now even with that everything was in shortage well i had to get up you know two o'clock three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning waiting in the queue for many hours before we can buy you know some meat uh, like that, that kind of life i live through so you know that and also there's a political persecution all over the place if you say anything not you know in line with the radical communist uh, propaganda you will be put in jail also you know because of the communism indoctrination they claim you know, uh, in it's called the People's Education Magazine, they have exactly uh, like uh, uh, editorial, and uh, they educate uh, in doctrine, The Chinese people say, you know, believing your like your uh, Chinese leader, believing Chairman Mao, believing the Communist Party is more important. Loving them is more important than love you of uh, your family during Cultural Revolution. There's many people like husband against wife and being picked against wife, wife against husband, the children against, you know, the parents. In uh, China, there's one young man called Zhang fung who reported her, his mom's anti-revolution uh, anti-revolution words. So, I mean, she sp- sp- spoke something against Chairman Mao, but she was reported by her, her son. The next day, he was killed. Uh, she was killed, the mom was killed. This kind of thing's happening, you know, also unfortunately in America, you know, like some like young young girls, you know, post their parents conservative, you know, uh, like uh, language online, this kind of things made me scary. So that kind of really is living like in the hair uh, during Cultural Revolution. Also one more thing, during Cultural Revolution, the Chairman Mao uh, mobilized tens of millions of red guards. They launched call called the Seattle the Four Olds" movement, destroy all the Chinese cultural heritage, our historic temples, statues, also they rewrite the Chinese history. You know, this kind of things, unfortunately, is happening in America right now.
0: Yeah, no, I, I have to agree, it is. and. Uh you know i started my show during the lockdowns and i can't help but see the the corollary once again with the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated it was like that was another dividing line by which families were torn apart and if you didn't go along with the the federal government's narrative as to how we were supposed to address uh covid-19 well then you were um you know persona non grata you you many people lost their jobs for not going along with these things and that was very from my vantage point, that was very against the ideals of, a you know, America from its inception, bodily autonomy and individual rights, like things that, that we have always cherished. And suddenly they were put on the back burner and basically ignored and families were torn apart by it. And you had your jobs that were taken away. And, and you're, you're also right about how you'll have some woke kids that will like video their father saying something that's not appropriately woke and then he'll end up losing his job i mean i've seen stories like that so it's it's obviously it's early it's early days but it does have many uh similarities to the to the cultural revolution that you experienced in the past do you think that the that this was in some way actually kind of infused into the american uh system by the chinese government or is this a a naturally occurring phenomenon
4: Uh, Actually, it's not, you know, I want to say both China and America are the victim of communist theory, right? Back in China, before the communists take over, we have good respect, we have respect for humanity, the social order, a lot of great things, although was not industrialized yet but we have a lot of good cultural value, but it's really the communists take over, really destroy. Actually, you know, uh, I had some study of, in my book, you know, the, uh, the, really the uh, world culture and critical risk theory is, was originated by the a group of uh, scholars called the Frankfurt School. You know, they formed, uh, like they are followers of Karl Marx. They formed this school in Frankfurt during World War II, but they escaped, all of them being adopted by the president of Columbia University. You know, they invented the so-called critical theory, but they were ne- never critical against communist theory, which he committed atrocity worldwide, right? They were critical of American, you know, a capitalist society, trying to find the problem in American society. And then by 1989, they formed critical race theory, which is really the like uh, uh, second edition of Ka- Mark- Karl Marx theory, because Karl Marx's first edition is economic, you know, struggle class struggle second becomes racial struggle pitting right. one group against other the same kind of approach
0: yeah now I, I i are you familiar with james Lindsay at all um uh, not yet okay well james lindsey has uh you guys need to cross paths at some point because he uh he was an academic and he basically discovered exactly what you're describing he's like okay this is this is what's happening we have a a cultural revolution that, you know, instead of being divided so much by class, it's now by, you know, race and gender and all, all the radical progressive agenda. Um, it's it's really unbelievable, to be honest with you. You know, as someone who lived through basically this not being a thing at all, because I grew up in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s, and, and to now see how pervasive it is, where it's, it's basically like, you can't avoid it. I mean, even people that hate it, they still have adopted. Like I, even myself, I have adopted some of the language of the cultural Marxists. Like it's, it's so, it's, it's a really, uh, it's kind of a sinister thing. Uh, is that, is that,
4: was that similar to what you experienced? Exactly. You know, Clint, you're absolutely right. You know, back in China, right when uh, Chairman Mao indo- uh, tried uh, indoctrinate the Chinese people. Even a marriage in my book, you know, I have a picture, you know, even a marriage certificate printed Chairman Mao's words said, don't forget class struggle, which means you need to be suspicious. Your spouse may be your class enemy, right? <laughs> here, here in America, right? Although many places they don't say they they are uh, like induction using the critical race theory, but when you already use their language, Example, systemic racism is invented by that, right? Racial equity is invented by that. Like white privilege, all invented by that, right? So every day, you know, most liberal politicians use this already every day, or mainstream media use that Every day, you know, when they try to, you know, impose like a firm reaction, other things. this are called like underrepresented minorities. All kinds of things actually have some root with the critical race theory.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Do you think that this was all, all promulgated through the, uh, through academia, through higher education?
4: Uh, yeah, uh, somewhat, yeah. I can Actually, I'm reading like many great books by Thomas Sowell, and he uh, wisely pointed out it's really, you know, many uh, intellectual elites living in Europe, first from Europe, right now in America, they try to play God, right? They try to say, okay, I can do some social engineering. I can, you know, by transforming the capitalist society, we can achieve better results, right? If historically, you know, uh, like communism tried to Reach so-called economic equity, bring the you know equal they call equal results for everybody uh, across like economic class. Today they try to you know the radical left in America, the intellectual elites, they try to reach so-called achieve so-called racial equity, which is equal results for everybody. But I believe if they you know do that they really will achieve equal results. But just like in China's Cultural Revolution, equal poor, yes. you know, equal poverty, yeah. you know, also will be become a, a divisive nation. You know, that's something we don't want to see.
0: Yeah, well, that that is the ultimate outcome of equal outcome. You, you just, you don't, you can't have an elevated equal outcome. It, it ultimately... You have to have income inequality and all these other things, which I never really used to talk about, but now I do all the time because this is like this is the language that we use these days. Um, I I couldn't help but notice the the corollary between uh, the the Great Reset and the the you know the Great Leap Forward, and it's like the Green New Deal to me strikes me as such a a communist idea. You basically have a, a a global framework by which you are regulating something that is once again very hard to calculate carbon emissions. Uh, You could ultimately end up with not prioritizing the seven or eight billion people that live on the planet today to try and create quote unquote sustainability, but you're not sustaining the life that exists today on the planet. And I I personally believe that it's a very Malthusian uh, worldview that ultimately will result in what communism usually results in, which is mass starvation. Is that your concern as well, or am I overstating it?
4: Uh, yes, exactly. Actually, in my book, I, you know, put the Green New Deal in, the, uh, like, number uh, number three of the playbook mm-hmm. of communists, basically governing by radical ideology, right? So, you know, all government should serve the people, should provide a practical solution to improve, like, people's living standard, help everybody achieve American dream. But, you know, the radical left, they pretty much like communists. They just try to do something with ideology, right? Not really, not impractical. I have energy, over 20-year energy background. I support renewable energy, but with two conditions. One is technologi- uh, technologically feasible. Another is economically justifiable, right? So, but what does the Green New Deal try to do say, for example, you know, uh, stop all the fossil energy. I tell you what, if we stop all the fossil energy, our electric grid will not be stable because all electric grid needs reliable energy, either from fossil or from nuclear to keep it stable. Otherwise our lights are like, uh, you know, will be like flashing all the time because the frequency will not be, you know, will not like voltage, will not be stay the same. So yeah. they are trying to do something not feasible just like uh, the, the, the like the story i mentioned during china uh, uh in the end of 1950 chairman uh, Mao wanted to launch the great uh he launched it called great leap forward he used right. ideology to rule the country end of the day over 30 million chinese people starved to death
0: yeah well and i mean you already have examples uh i don't know if you're familiar with esg but it does seem as if this is not strictly an american phenomenon this does really have some aspects to a, a global kind of uh supranational it's not even necessarily uh organizations that are voted for you know it's it's uh, the world economic forum and and organizations like that that really seem to propagating and promulgating these ideas and and then implementing them from a top-down fashion as opposed to a bottom-up fashion, which is ironic because, you know, usually communism is like talks about power to the people and whatnot. But once again, we're kind of resorting to a technocratic elite that make these decisions because the the lower tier of society isn't, uh, you know, isn't respected enough or intelligent enough to to make these decisions for themselves. And, I just think that it, it ultimately will result in revolutions. I think that people will rise up. You've already seen it in the Netherlands. You've seen it in Sri Lanka, uh, where there are countries that are starting to have you know, such serious food shortages and impacts on their economy that the people themselves are saying, no more. We can't do this. This is insane. Is that is that kind of our, our fate on a more global scale that people just start to rise up or or do they acquiesce? What do you
4: think? How does this play out? I, I absolutely, because, you know, people have to meet their basic needs first. And you know, we are lucky living in like advanced countries, industrialized countries, if people, if for, uh, for people living in India, Sri Lanka, Africa, if, they, you know, if they encounter starvation, they will rise up. That's absolutely. In my book, I actually had one story, a uh, theory about this. You know, I also uh, involved in the environmental, like a policy study, you know, doing my job at Siemens Energy, you know, uh, for, for, for two decades, right? Some of the time I spent on the environment. Actually, what threatens the Earth, threatens the, you know our planet Earth more is like the air pollution, like the soil pollution, also water pollution. Most happen in developing countries, right? In India, in China, in many developing countries, you know that like uh, like you know, uh, uh, it's not carbon dioxide. It's really NOx, really like a, a sulfur dioxide, and many you know, this killed actually millions of people, also threatened the food supply of billions of people, right? You know, that kind of more serious. But the reason the radical left do not in Europe, also in America, do not want to address that is because, you know, in Europe, in America, we already address this kind of issues, right? There's no, no federal money we can ask for that, right? But by playing the carbon dioxide, playing on renewable energies, the radical left can get a taxpayer's money, right? To support a certain company. There's interest behind that. Another example is the garbage in the ocean, right? Already have a big island in the center of the Pacific, already threatening, but really, these are the more important issues, um, uh, more than carbon dioxide. But mm-hmm. Unfortunately, all uh, like elite, intellectual elite don't want to address that. Instead, of they try uh, try to you know try try to um, pick the carbon dioxide as a more urgent issue. I think we should really change the p- priority.
0: Yeah, well, I, it's because you can't tax people to justify the. Uh... The cleanup of something that's in international waters it's like they but they can tax us for carbon emissions or at least they can tax the businesses which will ultimately pass down those costs to the consumers which means that we're all being taxed to deal with an issue that i'm not even certain is a a serious existential threat to civilization as they report it to be um so what do you think the the ultimate like pathway to remedy this is i you know i've dedicated my entire show for the past two and a half years to trying to come up with ideas as to how we can actually prevail in the face of this, you know, this, this threat that we all face. And, you know, I have my own ideas, but because you've lived through it once before, I'm curious if you have any, uh, any novel tactics, we might attempt to utilize to, to fix what's, what's
4: going wrong. Uh, sure. Sure. But uh, clean, uh, may I like, uh... Answer, like try to address one other topic first before I Please. answer your question. Yes. Really, I, uh, in my book, you know, based on the, what happened during Chinese Cultural Revolution, I wrote the dire consequences if we don't stop critical race theory and uh, world culture in America. America, if we don't stop them, America will become nation that is divided by racial identity and focus on racial struggle. America will become nation no longer provide equal opportunity, but discriminate against in you know, certain racial group like against like a action against white against Asian right. We become oppressive nation using censorship, cancel culture, even violence to suppress oppositions. We America will become nation that not a focus on educating our children to pursue that. American dream, but indoctrinating them to become social justice warrior to tear down America. We will become nation lost proud history and invaluable cultural heritage, right? They try to change our culture, rewriting history. We will will become nation lost technology leadership in the world and economic prosperity, why? They want radical left. Just want to destroy meritocracy. Want to replace with racial, uh, racial equity. We will become a nation uh, which uh, one party authoritarian, you know, and, uh, ruled by one party authoritarian. You know, uh, suffering from one man made disaster after another. So that is kind the dire consequences. and you know, I foresee in you know if we don't stop that.
0: I I completely agree, for the record. I I think that that's, it's quite
4: evident that that's where we're headed. Yeah. So to fight against that, you know, I want to say, number one is we have to defend, have to cherish our America's funding principle, like rule of law, freedom speech, right, individual rights. Example, we should protect the parents' right to, you know, fight against the indoctrination by our public schools. We should have like keep the freedom speech to allow you know, all the ideas to flourish, to, to debate. You know, right policy should have has a debate by different angles. Although I'm conservative, I will not shut up all the you know, liberal ideas, right? I want to have you know has a debate we also want to cherish like uh, you know free market system like meritocracy equal opportunity for all that's number one we have to go back to defend our america's funding principle number two we should uh, you know you know have more people like me as a matter of fact many chinese americans already stood up also, Asian Americans or people suffer from Venezuela, from Cuba. We need more people really share the experience. Unfortunately, you know, in America, so many people have never lived through the atrocity of communism. They don't know, you know, big government, you know, can do that huge damage, right? So that's something, you know, especially we have to educate our young Americans. You know, I want to say, all young Americans are good people, they have a great heart. But somewhat, you know many of them, they blindly believe in following like Bernie Sanders AOC. Why? Because they have shortcoming, they are too naive to judge a policy. They just look at, you know, when they judge a policy, look at only purpose of policy, not the results, right? Actually, communism, the stating purpose of communism was so great, they want to save all the pe- poor people in the world. End of the day, communism is starved to death or murdered over 100 million people in the world, right? So, finally, as you know, come back to our early conversation, we have to fight against the war culture and the critical uh, race theory whenever, wherever, you know, they disseminate. Example, you know, many times they don't really call it a critical risk theory, but they use the same terminology. We have to fight against that. So I'm strong support uh, for the parents who stood up fighting against critical race theory I also want to sp- support you know people fighting against the world culture.
0: Yeah, no, I you nailed it, brother. I, I think that's exactly the fight that we're in and and the pathway that we have to take, unfortunately. It isn't going to be easy uh, because the institutions seem to all be promulgating this same message uh, all the way up to the fucking DoD, the Department of Defense. I mean, Lloyd Austin is focused on you know racial inclusion and equity and trans rights at our highest level of our military. It this is a really remarkable uh, you know I think revolution, a cultural <laughs> revolution that has already taken roots to the highest level level of power. I'm curious if you could just give us some idea as to, you know, how late in the game are we? If I don't know if you're a baseball fan, but say there's nine innings. Are we in the seventh inning or are we in the, you know, ninth inning headed into extra innings?
4: You know, I want to say America is more or less like 1962 of China. Mm -hmm. You know, what happened in 1962, the communist, uh, like a magazine called People's Education started in, uh, you know, put editorial, tried to indoctrinate, you know, all the American citizens about the class struggle theory, right? When Chairman Mao wanted to do that, he used this magazine to have editorial to launch a nationwide, you know, uh, like class struggle education. You guess what? Four years later, you know, many, many of young Chinese were indoctrinated. When Chairman Mao launched the Cultural Revolution in 1966, he was able to mobilize tens, millions of red guards, young Chinese and who destroyed the Chinese culture, murdered a couple, a few million people, you know, did, did so much damage to the country. So, you know, right now we have to fight against indoctrination. You know, so if we don't fight the critical race theory, don't fight the world culture today, you know, maybe a few years down the later, you uh, in the future, they will indulge so many young Americans, they will, you know, un- unwillingly, you know, not unwillingly, you know, they just, you know, without knowing the, like, consequences. Right. We become social justice warriors, right? Try to, do, you know, try to do a social engineering, try to launch revolution, cultural revolution to destroy America. So I, I, I believe why not America is at the 1962 of China at a critical point. Yeah,
0: well, that is a, a very critical inflection point and one that I hope my audience takes seriously. I mean, this is not... This is not some fear-mongering nonsense. This is a man who lived through it once and he's living through it a second time and he is trying to sound the the you know, the warning bell to get people to, you know wake up and fight back. and I, I hope that people do. I really do. and I, I think that, your book will, will help tremendously in that process. So if anyone wants to pick it up, it is Critical Race Theory and Woke Culture, America's Dangerous Repeat of China's Cultural Revolution. Mike, Zhao, this has been a tremendous conversation. I really appreciate your time, brother. Is there anything else
4: you'd like to leave my audience with? Uh, yeah, I just want to you know, encourage all of you really join the fight. Because, you know, right now, the radical left already control our media, control corporations. You know, you know, they already uh, launched a nationwide campaign, you know, so that is very dangerous. So please join the fight. And I think I'm confident we can win. Well, I love I love the optimism. Let's hope you're right. Uh, If
0: anybody would like to support my work, please go to LibertyLockdown.com
6: locals.com. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please on your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold.